Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 622. Shoot from your heart and not your brain. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, a friend of mine from San Diego, California, where I grew up, John Straub. John, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. This is going to be fun. All right, we'll have some fun for sure. John Straub is an automotive photographer from San Diego, California, who's been snapping shots of cars since he was 13 years old. His images have been published in numerous publications, including Road and Track and the New York Times. He's been the official photographer for the Carmel by the Sea Concord, and he's a member of the Motor Press Guild and the San Diego Museum of Photographic Arts. His photography is hung in numerous exhibits, automotive enthusiast homes and offices, in galleries, and he operates his own blog titled Along for the Ride where you can enjoy his work on a regular basis. John also drives and races Porsches at local events around San Diego. So, John, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career, your photography, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, being, being into photography, I got into it early because my father was in photography and had a dark room. Starting early at 13 years old, my parents would drive me to the beach. Yeah, uh, with a 35 millimeter camera and telephoto lens, I would sit there and take surfing photos. Cool. And, uh, finally, you know, once I was able to drive, I got more into cars and started taking photos at racetracks like Riverside and different autocross events around San Diego and just got more and more into car photography. And, you know, I think that's what I really enjoy because, uh, I enjoy the fine art part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do a lot of, racing photography anymore it's more just still photography and fine art well i've noticed a lot of the art you do too is you love to go on locations and shoot unique locations with the cars involved so it kind of ties those together you did some things recently with a lot of rust and things and old worn down gas stations and stuff so it looks like you're traveling around a little bit and shooting as well i do i do um you know i think that Part of me always wanted to be a photojournalist, and uh, so I'm always out there searching around different sites, doing photography of old 
gas stations, that type of thing. And uh, just trying to document that because it's going away slowly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've loved some of the shots you've been posting up on social media this year and, and through your blog. So uh, it's been looking really great. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that is instrumental in the way you do things in your life and with your work. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? I know you love to drive, so John, take the wheel. Well, I think one of the photographers that I've got a lot of respect for, his name is Clyde Butcher, mm-hmm. and he's on the East Coast, and uh, he doesn't do car photography. He does mostly landscape photography, which is totally different than me, but he's always said, shoot from your heart and not your brain, and I've <laughs> kind of... Um, taking that to heart because when I look at a shot that I want to take, I look at it and think, you know, why am I taking that? What draws me to that? And I don't think about it so much. I try to just kind of get into it and shoot from my heart. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can see that with the photography that you do. There's a lot of thought that puts into it to each of your images and a lot of uh, a different perspective, if you will, from the way I observe your photography. So uh, I think he gave you some great advice. Let's go back in time here. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You talk about your parents giving you that camera and taking you out, which is such a great way to expose a child to doing something new and different. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize that, you know what, I'm a car guy? You know, it's kind of funny, but uh, I remember sitting on the curb out in front of my house with my best friend. We'd sit there and watch the cars drive by. Well, there were some older kids down the street, uh, hot rodders, and uh, they would drag race down our street. Oh, and I would, <laughs> I would sit there and watch them. And just the noise coming out of the cars, the sound of the V8 engines, the squeal of the tires, and... You know, it was just it just totally excited me about cars. Yeah, just watching that. I mean, as a young kid, you know, you're just drawn to that, and I think that's what really started to turn me on to cars was that you know just watching that as a young kid. What uh, what era would this have been so we can give the listeners kind of a visual on the kind of cars that uh, you were seeing buzz in front of your house? I'm sure your parents love that. Well, it was the early 60s. Um, I'm going to say probably about 65, 64 yeah. okay. time frame. Uh, one of them had a black El Camino that was jacked up in the back. And <laughs> oh, yeah. 50 or 59 El Camino. And just, you know, I would sit there and I would listen to these cars. And then I would go over to their house and just watch them work. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I didn't know anything about cars at that point. And I'd just watch them work on them. And I was like, oh, this is great. You're that annoying little kid that kept showing up and going, what's that? What's that? <laughs> Let me hold exactly. a wrench for you, buddy. So, uh, yeah, that's a good way, good way to learn. I, I think I did a lot of the same things that you did, especially growing up down there in Southern California like you. Uh, there was a lot of great cars around San Diego back then, so very fun. Well, John, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. But, of course, the most important part of facing these things is how you get through them and what they teach you so you can move forward. So take us to that painful time and walk us through it and help us understand how it helped you learn and grow. Well, I think after I got into the fine art photography part and started entering shows and, you know, getting rejected from some shows, not not getting in, because shows I would enter were all jury type shows. Right. 
And then, um, you know, you'd sit there and think, well, gosh, you know, how come this photo didn't get in? You know, this is a good photo. And you never know. But finally, I started getting into more shows, some museum shows and things like that. And that got to be really exciting because it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. Kind of a, a competition. You never know what the jurors going to pick right. actually when you enter these shows. And it's so subjective a lot of times. But, you know, I think that, part that you just have to stick to it mm. you know if you find something you really like you just got to stick to it and keep entering and that's what i did i've gotten into more and more shows and uh you know a big one that i did was down there at palm springs art museum and uh that was with black and white so it wasn't with automotive but just getting into something like that you know was just something really exciting absolutely well, I think that's the takeaway here for uh, so many young artists. I've had a lot of photographers and a lot of artists as guests here, and I hear that from a lot of them. You just have to keep trying. You have to keep presenting your art, keep bringing things, and, and ask questions, if you can, of any of these judges or jurors so that you can try to learn what they're looking for and why your piece didn't make it into the show. But I know I got to enjoy uh, your art on exhibit in Carmel when I was down there for Car Week this past summer. Uh, you were in a very fine art gallery, and to get to walk in there and see a reception with, you know, the food on the table and your your pieces on the wall and the smile on your face. Congratulations for that as well. Well, thank you. Yeah, love seeing the work down there. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love to have you share a career aha moment, a time when you uh, you kind of realize this is a good path for me to go down. This is the right way for me to go. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, I think, you know, that kind of goes back to entering these shows in a, in a way. Um, you know, I've come to realize that my photography is different than a lot of photographers. And, and I've kind of got a saying for it, it's kind of raw with um, an attitude. <laughs> and That's a good um, way to describe it. I like that. <laughs> you know, I think that uh, you have to be comfortable with what you're doing and not try to, you know, copy somebody else. And um, once you do that, you find that there's a saying that you kind of find your pack. Yes. And that pack will start to follow you. And, and you know, maybe not everybody's going to like what I do or my particular type of photography. But there, once you're out there and you're out in public and people see it and exposed to it, you will find those people that just love it. Right. And I think I think that's you know my aha moment was standing in the gallery in Carmel when uh, people came in and they were just so excited about what they saw. Yeah. And 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 then having people sit there and say, "Well, I'll take that one and that one and that." One. <laughs> that's the best part. Yeah. It's like, wow! Not only do you like it, but you actually give me money for my work. I and mean, there's nothing better about that moment. And I tell you, the great takeaway on that comment of yours for me is so true. Be true to yourself. It's okay when you're starting out to to mimic or copy other people, but you've got to find your own flow, your own own look and feel. And that is so important in any kind of fine art, whether it's painting, drawing, photography. Even if you're building custom cars, you've got to find your own look. And the people that are successful, that's exactly what they've done. So is that your takeaway from that experience? It pretty much is. You you know, you, you can't uh, seek to clone somebody else. You know, really, you should seek to find your own voice. 
speaking of finding your own voice and being happy with the response of people walking into a gallery, let's talk a bit about your proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many as you've progressed and your work has hung in other galleries and been purchased by people. But do you have a proudest career moment? Um, you know, when I did the show at Palm Springs, I thought that was pretty cool. I did, uh, and that was a photojournalism show. It was all black and white. And being accepted into a museum like that, being able to show there, uh, I think it was pretty awesome. I mean, I was excited about it. And uh, and then getting an invitation to show in the gallery in Carmel during Car Week. And, you know, again, that was something that was like, wow, you know, when I was... 15 years old with my camera taking, you know, surfing photos, I never would have dreamt that I would be someplace like that. Yeah, it was a great show again, by the way. Really enjoyed it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time again. I'd love for you to share a story about your first really special car. I would say that has to be a 65 911 that I purchased in 1970. The car was shown at San Diego Automotive Museum and drove it to... 15 or 16 different Porsche parades over the years. It was shown in Concord, won its class and division several times, and then uh, took the car on the road pretty much and started entering vintage events and driving at Riverside and Little Springs and Palm Springs vintage races. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool. The car, Champagne Yellow, uh, Houndstooth Interior. And the thing that I I'm pretty excited about is I still own that car after 45 years. Even better. Yeah, I know your car. I've seen your car. It's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, you bought it back when, when they were affordable. <laughs> and now they're unobtainium. Oh, yeah. It's just crazy how the prices have gone. Really nice car. Well, how about Sellers from Morris? Is there one you've let go that you really wish you had back? Yeah, before my 65 911, I owned a 1960 Roadster, Porsche Roadster that was taken off the racetrack it had been an e-production car and i convinced my dad that i wanted to buy this car so he said okay go ahead and buy it well it ended up that he would drive it and i would drive it and then um got to the point where it's like okay you know the 911s are out boy they look like they have a lot of horsepower and they're pretty cool looking and so i ended up selling the roadster uh by the 911 and you know to this day i sit there and say gosh i wish i had that roadster back <laughs> and i think part part of that is just the fact that i shared it with my father oh yeah the memories yeah i mean just being able to have that car and sit in that car today would be wonderful yeah and the, the 356s have even gotten more expensive and, and outrageous in their values i would love to have one but they they're just so expensive these days it's terrible Nice that you have those memories with your father. Well, let's talk about today and the future. I'd love for you to share what has you really excited today and fired up about your work. Well, you know, I continue to take automotive photos because, you know, I want to do some more shows, you know, some more fine art shows. I really enjoy that, and the automotive part of it. And um, I've got, in January, February, I have a uh, black and white show coming up, which is pretty much a funnel journalism show uh, that Black and whites that were taken down at the Salton Sea, Southern California here. And, um, you know, the area down there, which I've been documenting for several years. So those are the two big projects that I'm working on is just continuing with the car photos and then also the uh, getting ready for the show coming up first of next year. Fantastic. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, John. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I think I'd be a hot rod. A hot rod. Okay. <laughs> And why would John be a hot rod? 
Well, I think just the fact that, uh, you know, I look at these young guys that are building these rat rods today, and so many, so many of them are so creative, and they're artists in their own way. I mean, not everybody's going to like them. And there's some I see that I don't like, but there's some I see that I just fall in love with. So I, I would take a hot rod of some sort just because it's different and it's, it's loud and it's, you know, obnoxious <laughs> in a way. <laughs> and kind of custom. Yeah, and kind of custom. Yeah, they and, all have their own look. And, and, and it can be artistic, you know, the, bringing that artistic part. They are works of art. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's a little different. That's what I enjoy about hot rods is the artistic nature of the build. I've had many hot rod builders on the show here that built some fantastic cars. So I like that. John's a hot rod. Very cool. Still making noise, just like when he was a little kid on the curb watching the cars go by. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts? Around the globe, I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, John, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, boy. You know, I think um, ask questions before you buy something. 
you know, <laughs> do some research and, and figure out, you know, is this something, if I'm going to buy a car, is this something that I really want? Is this something I'm going to really be happy with? Can I work on it? You know, or am I going to have to spend a fortune having somebody else work on it? That type of thing. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I once, I had a guest on the show here. Um, actually, it was uh, Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Newsletter's daughter, Alex. And she said, uh, in respects to buying cars, if you can't afford two Ferraris, you can't afford one. Pretty much. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. Look into what the cost of ownership is going to be. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success? I think just being tenacious. Mm, yeah. You know, d- deciding, you know, uh, what you want to do and, and just sticking with it and not giving up. Absolutely. It's a, it's a key indicator of a true entrepreneur, tenacity, perseverance, hard work. It's all what it takes. Now, how about a resource? There's a lot of great resources out there. And I know you have a great blog that's a great resource as well. And you might talk a little bit about that. But are there some other resources that you'd like to use that you could share? Yeah, you know, being a Porsche guy uh, and 911 person, I think the biggest resource that I have would be the 911S registry and the R group. Yes. Guys. I mean, I'm amazed how much knowledge is contained just within those two groups about the early 911s. It's just I mean, you know, owning my car for 45 years and thinking that I know the car and then I hear some of these guys uh, talk to some of these guys and they'll tell me something new that I just never, never knew. And it's like, wow, huge resource. Resources through people and clubs is a great way to learn more about cars. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners should read as well? You know, when I first got into driving, I have a close friend, Alan Johnson, Porsche racer, and oh, he yeah. drove wrote a book, uh, Performance Driving by Alan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, um, you know, I read that. It was a good learning book for me as a young person. Yep. You know, so I would say that if you want to learn to drive. I mean, I know there's a lot of driving books out there today. That was an early one. You know, I still think it's pretty uh, accepted as a very, very good book. Yeah. Now, Alan Johnson, he owned a Porsche Audi dealership in San Diego years ago, right? Yes, he did. Same yes, guy. Did. Yeah, I thought so. When I was a kid, I remember when the 911 first came out, my dad took me down to Allen Johnson, and we went for a ride in the first 911 that they had there to let people drive around. And, oh, gosh, yeah. I was enthralled by that. And years later, I had a detailing business in San Diego, and one of my clients bought a brand-new Carrera, 74 Carrera, and he let me go down and pick it up at Allen Johnson and bring it back to my house and detail it for him before he even – took delivery of it and I thought I died oh, I died and gone to heaven. But yeah, <laughs> down there off Rosecrans Street I think it was. So uh It was, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, really very nice person. You know, he was an enthusiast as a Porsche dealer, which is um, you know, today, you know, it's more in the corporation. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day you had people like him that owned Porsche dealerships and they raced cars. Well like Brum like Brumos in Florida. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, so, um, you know, he was a neat, neat person. I still talk to him maybe once every two or three months and nice. we communicate email and that type of thing. Well, cool. Well, you'll have to introduce me to him. I would love to have him as a guest here on Cars. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah he'd fantastic. be great. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on John's very own show notes page at com. 
just type John Straub. S-T-R-A-U-B is how he spells his last name in the search bar, and that page will pop up with all these links. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book by Alan Johnson and all the past 621 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, John, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but money is no object to buy you any car in the world that exists today, what would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why would you choose that car? Well, I think it'd probably be a Porsche 904 and uh, a six-cylinder one. Um, They made a few of them, and I think that the reason is, first of all, it'd be dependable because of a nice six-cylinder engine. But uh, also the fact that I just think the lines of it are just absolutely beautiful. It reminds me of uh, a Ferrari, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Dinos that came out back oh, then. Oh, yes, yes. And, you know, that, that style and the lines of that car are just beautiful. And the fact that you could still drive it on the street and a racetrack boat. Oh, you picked a very nice car. You picked a very expensive car too. This is going to cost me oh, yeah. a pretty penny, but uh but that's okay because for you I think you deserve one of these. The 904 is such a special car that mid-engine. You're right. I I've never really thought of it like a Dino, but the 246 very much the same in in many respects. Of course, uh probably faster than the Dino too, which is kind of cool, but uh what color would you like that 904 in? I think I would stand with the standard silver yeah. that they came in. Yeah, the yeah, racing I, I, silver. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Well, John, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your photography, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head up off the coast highway in that Porsche 904? I think, you know, just, you know, find your passion that you like. And if it's a photography, you know, the type of photography, whether it's racing photography or still, you know, fine art photography with still images, um, and follow that passion, no matter what it is. You know, if it's racing, follow that passion. So that's what I would recommend. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow what you're doing? Well, I've got my website. It's called johnstraubimageworks.com. Okay. And also, the blog I do is johnstraub.blogspot.com. Awesome. And on Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter. And you can put my name in there and something on Facebook should pop up or Instagram should pop up or Twitter. So I'm on all of those. Absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find all these links on John's show notes page at carsyad.com. Again, just type John in the search bar. That page will pop up with links to all these different ways you can follow John. Check out his work. I'd encourage you to see what he's doing. Uh, you can sign up for his blog and get that each week, which is really fun to receive and see what he's up to. Uh, everything will be at the carsyeah.com website. So, John, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for catching up with me. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences with the Cars yeah listeners. Say hello to all my friends down there in San Diego. I will. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.